0: I am Pastor Corrine Boroff, Senior Pastor at Anderson First United Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to our worship service today. If you want to learn more about this church, visit our website at AndersonFirst.org. Have a blessed day and enjoy the message.
1: Our lesson is from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 18. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people, and don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
0: Today is a Sunday about community, and we celebrate community. In fact, over a third of the United States is celebrating community today because it's Super Bowl Sunday, and we have a community of football fans, right? (laughs) They estimate that over a third of the United States will be in front of the TV watching the game somewhere at some point today. That does not include the thousands that will actually be present for those games that game, the Super Bowl game. Community is important. And today your children had created a model out of Legos for you to see. A community is a group that is uh, unified together. A group of people who are unified over something, right? And for Super Bowl Sunday, that happens to be football. But for us, it's a community of faith, and that we are unified through Jesus Christ. You were invited to take a Lego from the model that the children put together of community, representing the fact that you are a part of that, that you are a part of the community. I happen to have a couple Legos here, actually four, connected together. A little bit about the Lego. The plural of Lego is Lego. So whether you have one or hundreds, it's still Lego. Just a little bit of information there. It's made out of plastic that is molded, melted down into fill the molds. And the molds are so precise that there are only 18 in a million created that have any flaw in them very very precise and the Lego blocks that were created when they first began creating them with these molds 61 years ago still fit together with the Legos created today so they have quite a legacy they are durable A Lego can withstand almost a thousand pounds of force before it shows any sign of stress. So they are durable. So when you have Legos on the floor at your house and you step on one, that's why they don't give. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) But they are the most durable toy created. So it's it's an interesting toy. They have become the most popular toy in the world. They outdid Mattel in 2014, so they are at the top of the toy producers, Lego. Well these Lego have been used to create many things. They created with 3.3 million blocks, Lego blocks, they created a house that was fully functional, even with a flushing toilet. I'll let you (laughs) use your imagination on that one. (laughs) They also, in 2014, um, did some calculating. If we put together end-to-end all the Lego blocks that had been created up to that point, it would go to the moon 10 times times. That's how many have been created. Existing in the world today, there are 80 Lego blocks for every person in the world. And there are, the population currently in the world is 7.7 billion people. I'll let you do the math. That's how many Lego blocks we have today. Now, you're probably thinking, well, that's a great kid's toy, right? The most Legos are used and sold to adults. You even have your own acronym, (laughs) AFOL, adult fans of Lego. And so they are the ones that produce, that use and purchase the most Legos, even more than any of the children. Or even adults that purchase them for children are not included in this. These are the adults that actually use and assemble Legos. So they're quite a model for us, but you know they get something right. Can you imagine if everybody in the world had at least one Lego? instead of our 80 that we're supposed to have. If everybody had at least one, you could take your Lego and connect it to your neighbor. An image that would make God smile. Because you see, it is a model for who we as Christians are supposed to be. We are a community... Unified by Jesus Christ. And God's desire and God's plan is that that would take place throughout the entire creation. That everyone would be unified by Jesus Christ. So they're quite a reminder for us about who we belong to and who we are as Christians. Now our scripture this morning from Romans, Paul wrote this letter, and he gives to us some actual building blocks that if we were to assemble these building blocks together, we would have a masterpiece, and that masterpiece would be a community of faith. But I'll tell you a little bit about Paul. This passage is very different for Paul. In fact, Paul's style is so unique to Paul that scholars or people that study Scripture steadily and deeply can actually tell Paul wrote this by the style that he uses. You see, Paul writes with very long sentences. An example of this, and you can look in your Bibles, in your pew Bibles if you'd like to. But in Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, in the Greek is one long sentence that Paul wrote. Eleven verses we have chopped it into because we don't quite use the language the way that Paul wrote it. It's hard for us to digest and make sense of that. So we chop it up. But Paul's sentence was those 11 verses and he took a breath and then verses 12 through 21 is another long sentence in chapter 5 of Romans. And then we come to this passage and it's significant because it's so out of character for the way that Paul wrote. He gives us what we today might call bullet points. or building blocks. He gives us building blocks to shape us into a community of faith. When we put these together, that's what we become, a community of faith. And there's a lot of building blocks in there, a lot of bullet points that he gives. In fact, there are 20 if you were to count them. In just the first two verses, 9 and 10, we have six. Don't pretend to love, he says. What's that mean? If I say I love, I love, right? No. A lot of people can give lip service to that. They can say the right things, but their heart isn't in it. Don't pretend to love. And he says, really love others. Well, of course, that's easy to do, right? You can really love people who really love you back, right? You can forgive them if they do something against you or harm you. That It's a give and take, right? And that... That love can show and thrive and grow. But that's not what this says. Love others, period. That means every other. The ones that love us and the ones that hate us. All others. The ones who are like us and the ones who are very different. The ones who think the same as we do and the ones who think and live very differently than we do really love others. And then Paul says, hate evil. In this translation, I mean, that works. We can we can hate evil, right? That hate's a really strong word, and I know growing up I wasn't allowed to use that word. Paul kind of shunned away from that too, but that's how adamantly he was saying we need to oppose evil. And we can do that. Those things that we see in the world, we can take a stand and say, that's evil. But notice what this translation interprets. This went also back to the Greek and it says, hate wrong." How many of you have ever done something wrong and you knew it was wrong when you did it? Hating wrong is a little bit harder. That's tough. I often have people, I think it's just because of being a pastor, I'll have people say, now you be good. And I said, really, I've got to be good. You know, I can say that in -in tongue-in-cheek, but Paul would, no, 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 hate wrong. Hold on to what is good. When you hold on to something, you have to go where it goes, right? If you're holding on to it, you have to, becomes a part of who you are. It's in your grasp. It's there with you. And not just hold on. This this is interpreted hold tight to what is good. There's no getting away from evil and good. Hate one and hold on tight to the other. Let it become a part of who you are. Show genuine affection. Now I've had some folks really get kind of twisted on that one because they say, I don't want to go to church and have people hugging me and giving me a kiss and that's just not who I am. Even that shaking hands during greeting time is a whole way outline of where I'm comfortable. And some people just don't like that. That's not quite the affection that Paul is talking about. When he's talking about showing affection, he's talking about showing that you care. Don't just say it. Do it. Do those things that show that you care about others, about the other, any other. Show that you care. And be genuine about it. Let it come from the heart and not just be going through the motions. Truly and genuinely care. And then honor others. Honor is an interesting word. It has holds a whole lot, especially in the Greek. And it includes respecting but it also means elevating. And if you were elevating someone else, you're putting them above yourself. And we are to do that for one another. None of us would have any worries if everybody elevated the other person because somebody would be elevating me too. They'd be taking care of me. They would care about me and what was happening to me. They would respect how I felt. I wouldn't have to worry about that. None of us would. We would be caring for one another. Elevating each other, honoring each other. And you see, these are just six of those building blocks. There are 14 others in this passage, but these building blocks put together make us a community that is unified in Christ. Reading this passage, I timed it. I used a stopwatch on my phone and read it just in a casual voice takes about 60 seconds to read this passage, these verses for this morning. So about a minute. It takes a lifetime to live them. It takes a lifetime to move on to perfecting them. We won't ever get it absolutely right in this life, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to continue to move on On to perfection. Continue to become better and better and better at putting these building blocks together in our lives. But there's something else that Paul is very adamant about in building this and putting these blocks together. We cannot do it by ourselves. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit and it takes others it takes all of us together you can't love without someone to love you can't honor someone or be honored by someone if no one else is there we are called to be the community of faith I run into people occasionally who have said Pastor, I I think it's really great that you're a pastor. I mean, their stances, they've shut me off. (laughs) I think it's really great that you're a pastor, but I don't really have any need for the church. I am Christian, but I don't need the church. I can just do it just fine by myself. Paul would adamantly disagree. No, you can't. You can't. Be unified in Christ if there's no one to be unified with. You are called to be community. You are called to put these pieces together and be the body of Christ. And it takes all. There was a woman, Sarah Austin, and she started a program... Um, Just kind of because she felt like this was what God was calling her to do. She had been employed at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Dallas, Texas. Great job. Loved what she was doing, but she just felt like God was calling her to do something very different. She felt like what would be healing, what was lacking, was community. People who were drawn together to care about one another. And so she quit her job. She had her father build her a large cedar table. At the table it would seat 20. She offered her first invitation to have a meal at her home to sit around this table and listen to each other just to care, just to be present with one another. She put out a call in her neighborhood that said, you're welcome to come. Ninety people showed up. (laughs) She was shocked. What that told her was that people wanted to be a part of a community. And folks hear that. People want to belong. Well, Sarah didn't stop there. She started a program. She has now just given this her full-time attention. She calls it Neighbors' Table. You can go to her website or her Facebook page, read the stories that are told around the table as they get to know one another. She has placed tables now around the United States, different states. Her goal is that there would be at least one of these neighbor's tables that seat 20 in every all of the 50 states in the United States. That's her goal, is to have at least one of these. And her ultimate goal is to build community of great neighbors. In other words, offer a way to meet together in a smaller group that cares and meet around a table. Christ thought that was a pretty good idea. You know it? 2,000 years ago, he invited you to his table. He invited you to be a part of the gift he had to give. Do this in remembrance of me. He invited you to be a community
1: united
0: in him at his table. And so whether you come and kneel at the altar table to receive communion, or you come to the table provided by those who hold the bread and the cup, However you experience the table, maybe you experience it in your seats when they bring that offering to you. However you experience it, it is a reminder that you are a part of the community of faith, united in Christ. Just as Paul calls us to be, And so from this day forward, we are to continue to build those blocks, to put those together as a community of faith united in Christ. So you are invited to take a Lego. to take your Lego home and put it where you put things that you get that you're not really going to pay much attention to. And hopefully, you know that junk drawer, hopefully when you run across your Lego in days to come, you will be reminded, this reminds me of who I am. I am a part of a community of faith united in Jesus Christ.